This week's episode of Mind Gap Podcast is brought to you by Daniel Brady's Fiddlin' and Diddlin' Party Experience. It's 2020, and guess who just got released from federal prison because some asshole didn't follow proper protocol when arresting a citizen carrying just over the legal amount of black tar heroin? That's right. It's your old buddy, Daniel Brady, and I'm fixing to earn a living on the straight and narrow the only way I know how. Fiddlin' and diddlin'. Oh, that's right. You're talking to the man who is not only going to provide you with the sonic fiddling force that is going to transform your dull-ass party into a transcendent dancing experience, but I'm also available to diddle your bits if you so choose. Choose from any music genre, artist, or time period. Your pal Daniel Brady has been blessed with the gift of perfect pitch and can instantaneously play whatever tune you desire. I also have some pretty long fingers that can go places you can't even imagine. Whether it's a birthday party, bachelorette party, retirement party, or wake, I, Daniel Brady, am prepared to blow your mind and tickle your body. Head on over to fiddleanddiddle.xsite.com today for more information on my party packages. Simply fill out the form and make sure you enter your accurate age. I'm not going through that shit again. List Mind Gap as a reference, and I'll throw in a free hokey pokey fiddle or diddle of your choice. Daniel Brady's fiddling and diddling party experience. I'm finally free, and I'm going to make the most of it while it lasts. Oh my goodness. Justin and I were visited digitally by one of the most humble and amazing humans on this earth, Omari Brown. Omari and I go way back to 2014 when we used to work at the same company and we bonded over our shared love of improv comedy. This man is now in the Apprentice program on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. That's right. This guy is helping to create The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and he was kind enough to hang out with us and talk about his experiences, including what it was like having one of his own comedic bits getting produced and aired on the show. I can't say it enough. Omari is one of the coolest people I know, and we were so fortunate to have him come chat with us. So pull up a chair, get out a pen and paper, and take some goddamn notes for once, because Omari Brown is coming at you with some true comedic knowledge in episode 242 of Mind Gap Podcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome our guest, Omari Brown, all the way from the East Coast, joining us on this very balmy Tuesday evening uh, to just, I've been wanting to have you on here forever, and it's it's one of those things where nowadays we're like, hey, everyone's at home. Surely they can, they, can, they can spare an hour on everyone's favorite, you know, uh, vocal and, and, and video chat device, Skype. You know, yeah. everyone just wants to do that. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us and coming yeah. on here. We have mm-hmm. so many things we want to ask you. Yeah. Because uh, you're a man doing cool things. And we want to know yeah. all about those cool things. Also, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man. Just anything new is, is, is always fun uh, during this uh, quarantine isolation 
uh, thing. So, yeah, please, anybody else out there that's on Twitch, I'll do more stuff if I'm free. <laughs> no, wait, let me, I, I phrased that wrong. Um, <laughs> I would do interviews. I won't do what I think that you're thinking that I'm thinking for free. You don't know our, what they're thinking. Our I'm, audience is disgusting, so you're right to qualify that statement. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Right. I'm in the right group. <laughs> yeah, you're fully. you're in uh, you're you're in you're in kind arms over here. This group of people. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Yeah. So uh, I guess you know uh, you have a pretty cool job, man. Uh, why don't you tell everyone about what you do? Yeah, uh, I currently right now I am an apprentice in the apprentice program at the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's a one-year program where you get to learn all types of things uh, that runs. How like how do you run a late-night talk show? As far as working with the Cold Open team, uh, writing new bits every single day. Uh, Cold <laughs> Open they do uh, two sketches every day. Obviously, one makes it to air, which sucks because some are just so good. You have to cut it because the other one is just funnier or the other one gets to the punchline a little bit quicker. So it's just like, well, can we save it for tomorrow? It's like, no, that it'll be old if we do it tomorrow. So I work with the cold open. I've worked with my production background experience. I've worked with uh, the control room in terms of editing and calling the shots, being a director and everything behind the scenes. That is fun and also very hectic because there are <laughs> more buttons. I, I, <laughs> like, it sounds like Doug's worst night. Yeah, it sounds like an overwhelming shit show. It sounds like something right. for me. I've, I've, I, I, um, I, I directed a lot of uh, news uh, for a couple of years. And, I'm, you know, there, of course, there are a lot of buttons. I'm used to, uh, okay, this does that. This is that. Okay, this takes it to this camera. But it's that times like four. And I'm like how i don't know i don't want to be in the, i don't need that stress yeah to like tell steven hey can we take that from the top <laughs> um, have you had to do that yet i cut too fast so yeah have you had so, to tell I mean, have you had to do that yet be like hey uh hey steve uh steve <laughs> no uh, no no, uh, yeah, just that's I don't. I was like, uh, it's fun. I don't want that pressure. <laughs> well, I want to know right right into that. Then what what is the most like harrowing experience that you've had thus far on the show? Like, obviously, you haven't had to stop Colbert mid bit and go, "Hey, Stevie, baby, we got to take that from the top." But what <laughs> what what has been the thing where you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this at all? Uh, handling the scripts for a rehearsal. Okay. So, Steven, uh, let's just say Monday through Wednesday, because double shows are on Thursdays, because all late night talk shows get Fridays off. So, Monday through Wednesday, you have to print out a script. Steven gets the script. The showrunner, the head writers, the script coordinator, teleprompter, uh, a couple of other, like three of the writers who help write the monologue, uh, the code open uh, head writer. So just like I say about 11 people get the script. So your job is to make sure Steven gets his script first, showrunner, head writer, then the producers, and they go down in that order. And they give you like a 10-minute window, which sounds like, oh, that's plenty of time. It is not. It is not. So you have to print so much paper and like, 
do, let's say an average script is maybe about 36 pages, but there's no way to tell, okay, that's 34, that's 35, <laughs> that's 36. Take this out. What, they don't have but page numbers? Are, <laughs> no, they, they, they have page numbers, but they're flipped backwards, so you see the back of the page. Oh, okay. So now you're just like, okay, I see this blank paper. Hey, Hail Mario. I said, don't talk to me. I'm about to lose count. Okay, 21, 22. Oh, my God. Like, well, Sounds like you guys need uh, need a big deal with Xerox here to help you guys collate. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe we could have some uh, some sponsors uh, reach out to you guys. I don't know. Who knows? Like, hey, can we just flip it the other way so we can see the page numbers? That's not how we do things here. Why are we not doing this? That's not how Carson did it. That's not how Steve Allen did it. No one will do it that way. Yeah. Right. So that was like one of the biggest. Uh, so Thursday, like I was saying, uh, it's a double show day. So that's twice the amount of scripts that has to be handed out still within those 10 minutes. And in those 10 minutes, Steven is in makeup, going down to the theater. Everybody else is in the elevator going down to the theater. And your job is to make it there before they get there. So you have to hand out, go to the control room. You have to go to the theater. Then you have to go uh, to the prompter, which is on the side of the theater. You have to do all that within 10 minutes. Jeez. Good Lord. And, uh, yeah, and I was just like this. I was like this. There, uh, the script PA was out because uh, he was sick, and then another person got sick, and so he took their uh, spot. So I was like, Amari, hey man, apprentice. You know, it's kind of like a uh, uh, let's see, it's the there are the PAs, and then there's the apprentice, and then there's the interns. Uh, interns, so, uh, the college interns are there like m- like maybe once or twice a week. But I'm there every day. So, like, there's, like, okay, the PAs, they're busy doing stuff. So, Mari, you're the go-to guy. So, I had to handle all that stuff. So, I was looking on my phone because I took screenshots of who gets what and where does it go because they're very uh, uh, very picky on, hey, uh, this was supposed to be on the mic stand over here. Why oh. is it on the mic stand over there? Like, oh, oh, God. Jesus. This and, sounds like my nightmare. Like I would have want nothing to do with any of this. This sounds and I'm just like, horrible. It's right, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just like just know know your place. You know, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's fun uh, in a way. I kind of like that rush because just like everybody's counting on you. Um, That's cool. Even even though you hand out the scripts, it's just for rehearsal and just know that like. Mostly half of that stuff's going to be cut anyway uh, after everybody, you know, hears all the jokes and stuff in rehearsal. Uh, but, yeah, it's fun. The Apprentice program, it's a one-year program, so cold, cold open, uh, dealing with production. Uh, right now I'm with digital, so we uh, rotate every, like, two months. Uh, so the program is between August and uh, August and August. So I'll, ho- I'll be done, I don't know, in August, but we'll see. It's kind of weird right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but normally, um, thankfully, throughout the that's now running into its fifth year of the apprentice program, uh, everybody's been hired on the show. So it's something good to yeah. Everybody say, oh man, man, you're good. And uh, yeah, so I'm in digital right now. So basically, I help uh, edit clips at, for all social media platforms. That's Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. And we're trying to get Steven to do TikTok stuff, but he's he he, he would be getting, perfect for TikTok. That's like made for him. He he's getting there. Uh, <laughs> you, you you really gotta like sell it 
sell it to him. Like, sell it to him within the first two times. After that, he's just, I got to see somebody else do it. Then, like, okay, all right, maybe I'll do it. I can imagine he's the type of guy that would be very, um, very pragmatic in his approach to things. Like if it's not, if he doesn't immediately see the benefit or see how it's useful, he's like, Mm -hmm. look, I don't, I'm so, I don't have time for that. So if it, if, if, yeah, if you can tell me why this makes sense for me, then great, we'll do it. And if not, no, thank you. Amari, you realize the golden opportunity you have in front of you, right? You do Mm -hmm. a magnificent TikTok for Steven. You show him the value of it. You're like, Hey, Steven, I'm not going to tell you. I just want you to watch and listen. Right. Amari's amazing TikTok comes up. You're like, this could be you. You could be cool, Steven. <laughs> Steven, I want to show you how you could be better. Okay. I want to show you how to reach the kids. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the next generation. You know, just, you know, get those views, man. That's all it's about. Yeah, it's got to be so cool. I've been for so such a long time. I've been such a fan of for a long time. It was my I, I had it on like my dream job to mm. be in late night television. Like it's just got to be such a surreal experience, oh, like dude. walking onto that set. One of the people on Twitch watch right now wanted to know what was your experience like seeing that set in person for the first time meeting Steven? Like what just how did you handle that? Uh still to this day it's still a lot to take in because uh, my first day i'm like i can't believe this is happening because you know this is you know just like anybody else you dream of these things and you're just like hey if it happens it happens if not at least i'm doing what i wanted to do uh because i love it so much and uh yeah my my first day was just i i can't believe this is happening just everybody's so friendly uh in the in the workplace and the the catering every tuesday and thursday we get catering and so it's like yeah you don't even have to worry about lunch you got pizza tuesdays and i was like pizza tuesdays i was like yeah it's like all right. <laughs> i made it it's pizza tuesdays Woo! <laughs> my first day and it's like yeah you get all the catering and stuff and there's snacks everywhere so i think secretly the goal is to make everybody fat mm-hmm. because they don't want the writers and everybody else to leave the building so everything that you can think of all snacks and goodies are inside and i was smart. like this is insane how all this stuff is here smart yes very smart very smart <laughs> um but yeah working there is fun uh meeting steven uh I think it was like my second week there when I was helping with the, uh, the scripts after we uh, hand out the, uh, the scripts after rehearsal, I have to run down to the rewrite room and I use my uh, employee card and just swipe in like Steven head writers and the producers so they can work on rewriting and all the other stuff. And he came down and uh, he, he, he knows of me, like he saw me, he's like, hey, these are the new people or whatever. Uh, but like that second week there, uh, I swiped him in. He was like, hey, uh, how you doing, man? Uh, I've seen you around. Uh, welcome. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be amazing. Like, Hi. Oh, yeah, I was just like, in your head, like, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> you know? I don't say anything weird. You know, don't say anything weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of Strangers of Candy and yeah. like the Colbert Report, of course. And I was just like, don't, don't, don't be cool, man. Be cool. And he's like, yeah, man. So what's your name? I was like, Omari. Uh, he said, cool, man. All right. Well, uh, welcome, Omari. And yeah, I just want you to have fun here. I was like, yeah, yeah. En- enjoy, enjoy your time here. Hopefully you have a blast and you can stay with us after the program. I said, yeah, of course. That's so like, cool. All right. Well, I have to go and rewrite this show. <laughs> 
I was like, why are you wasting your time talking to me? You know, I was like, oh, but yeah, very. Stephen, I assume you always have to go. Never right. apologize to me. Right. Just walk away from me. You're, you've got the power. I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Just, yeah, just do your thing. And security guard was like, hey, I saw that. <laughs> I know, I know. It was like, pretty cool, right? I said, yeah, it's cool, man. There, all right, now get away. Cause you know, <laughs> what you should have said back. is like, he's like, you know, we'd love to keep you. And be like, we'll see. I'm still, yeah. uh, I got to evaluate. I'll give you my review in a year. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know. If you said that, I was like, you know what? It's been fun. Uh, I had a good time here. It was, it was totally worth it. Hopefully yeah, you can uh, stay around. Yeah, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> was that a threat? I don't know. What do you think? That's what you think. And you yeah, smack yeah, him yeah. on the ass as he goes in to rewrite the show. And you're like, <laughs> give him double guns. Get him, champ. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he was like very, like very paranoid and quick. So if I did any type of move, I'd just be like, what are you doing? I was like, ah. so yeah, yeah. You're like, he but told yeah, me yeah, just um, to test your skills and you're still good. Way to go, bud. You're doing great. He's sharp. He's good. <laughs> We got another viewer on on Twitch here who wants to know what you were doing before you got the job and how did you get the job? Gotcha. Um, before I got the job, I was a director at a news station in North Carolina, a uh, technical director. So I was directing uh, live news and I was still doing comedy on the side, but not as much uh, in North Carolina. And I still that was something I comedy, something I could just never just completely like give up. So I was still like writing sketches, like sketch packets and stuff and submitting to say like NBC, CBS. Um, I still had an agent at the time uh, last year and, you know, just submit in packets here and there. Um, but yeah, just working at news stations, directing live news. That's, I mean, that's pretty much like my backup plan. I, I majored at VCU in mass communications broadcast journalism. So just working in TV is always something I wanted to do. Comedy is just, that's my baby. And like, if I could work in comedy and do production, like, man, that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. So yeah, um, before working uh, at the station in North Carolina, I was working at uh, One America News. That was my first uh, news station that I was working on. And uh, John Oliver got into that network pretty good. Uh, to the point where I'm like, Jesus. Um, it's a conservative news station. Uh, uh, I'm a liberal from Virginia. So, like, uh, working there was pretty, it's very different. Uh, I learned a lot working there. Uh, just the, the rush of working and directing live TV and just, uh, just handling a lot of stuff. Um, I worked there, let's say, the sec- second Obama's second term, like halfway into his second term, up until after Trump's first year. So I was dealing with a lot of stuff at the peak of Black Lives Matter, uh, like Trayvon Martin and just all the other stuff. But yeah, it was very, uh, very different. Of it was, it was definitely new. And that was like my first like uh, production, like job job. Before that, I was uh, working with Doug. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Way back in the day, we met at uh, SMS. Yeah, and I feel like we instantly bonded. It was great because, yeah. more importantly, improv. yes, like we we talk we you talk about comedy. Like you were Second City, uh, you were IO, you were in the conservatory program, you were at the yeah. you were at the pool, 
NIO, um, yeah, did all that yeah. great stuff. And yeah. if I may, uh, one of my favorite, uh, I haven't done a whole lot of shows, but one of my favorite shows was one of the ones you did with me. It was uh-huh. just you, me, and three other people. And we were doing, um, I forget what the name of the form was, but I think it was called The Bruise. And one of my favorite scenes we did, you told me that you were really bad at accents. Oh, God. (laughs) We did a scene where we were in British accents, and you came in and did a British accent. And it's actually, guys, it's on YouTube. And if uh, I might might pull it up and share it in the chat. It's one of my favorite scenes of all time. You know what, Doug? You know what I can do? What's that? (laughs) I could pull it up right now. Yeah, you, you can definitely pull it up. Uh, it's still it's on my highlight reel because yes. like, I, like it's it's classic. And I thank you for that, Doug. No, one of my favorite things because if there's only one thing I'm good at it, at improv, it's pimping people out. I'm the best uh-huh. at that. And it was a moment where you came out. I knew you were bad accents. So I was like, hey. Why don't you go talk to this person? I was like, you know what? It's not working. Why don't you sing her that song that she likes? And uh, you did this amazing. But it was it was one of my favorite moments because you were Terrible, such yeah. you were such a good sport about it, and you leaned into it, and you really encompassed everything about comedy and improv. Which is like, all right, you said I got to do it, so I'm going to do it. And it was it kills. From mm-hmm. time to time, I'll go back and still watch that. I'm like, oh, that's still good. That's fun. Oh, yeah. It's good, man. That's, um, that's good stuff. It, yeah, good memories. I'm glad, you know, we were on stage together to to do that. So I'm thankful that you asked. And, dude, I had so much fun that night. That was an absolute so blast. Fun. One of my favorite mm-hmm. moments in comedy, hands down. It was the absolute best. So what Tell. So what, what, what did it take to get to the apprentice program? I imagine that's pretty competitive, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, over 500 people applied Woo. and they only two. Woo. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew a writer and uh, from Chicago and there's a lot of people from Chicago on the show that, that write, um, especially uh, Brian Stack is one guy. I'm not sure he was on. He used to write for Conan. Okay, he was yeah. on uh, stage at Second City um, back in the 90s, and he was on 30 Rock a couple of times. But um, a lot of people are from Chicago that are on the writing staff. And I was like, you know, just sometimes you just just hit people up every now and then, you know, not always like, you know, like every week or whatever. Just like, hey, you know, I got this packet, you know, just look over it. I'm not asking you to like submit it into the show or anything else because I know writers now that I'm, you know, on the show, I completely understand when writers like super busy. You get so many assignments to do, and like not all of them, uh, you know, make it to air. But uh, to get back to uh, how I got on the show was there was a writer on the show. I was like, hey, I got the sketch packet. It would be cool if you could look over it. He said, oh man, you know what? Perfect timing uh, with your background and experience of working in production. And with your comedy writing and sketch background, why don't you apply for this apprentice program? I was like, what the heck is that? And then he explains to me what I told you guys earlier. He said, that would be perfect for you uh, because you have, you know, comedy and you have production. So there's no way they wouldn't hire you. So I applied for it and I was like, cool, you know, it'd be cool if you, you said, I don't need to put in a good word. I just know like your, your resume is good. Just, just trust yourself. You'll get something back. Cut to like a month later, uh, so like July, I got an email from one of the producers on the show. Like, hey, got your resume. Very impressed. 
uh, with you working at all these uh, news stations. And then you also have your second city and IO stuff on here. Why don't you come on in? Uh, and I was like, cool. Yeah, sure. In uh, the email replying back and forth. Then one email she gave back to me. She said, cool. So um, I know it's Tuesday, so I'll see you in New York on Thursday. I'm like, I can't call off work like that. <laughs> Um, and she's like, okay, I don't see why that's an issue. But like I said, I will see you in New York on Thursday. Oh, oh holy oh. shit. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, tell him, tell my boss that I'm sick. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the time where you say explosive diarrhea. I have a theory. <laughs> Everyone gets that excuse one time in their life and no one will yeah. ever question it because they're like, well, I mean, if this guy's going to straight up tell me. He's got explosive right. diarrhea, then it must be bad. You only get one, though, because if you use it twice, you're like, he's full of shit. That's the time Literally. you use it. That's when you play that card. You're like, sorry, man, explosive diarrhea. Had some bad Thai tomorrow. food. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll use that here. Uh, so I told my boss, I was like, look, uh, I'm just going to take a couple of days off because I was owed a couple of vacation days anyway. So flew to uh, New York and had the interview with the was the head producer and like a couple of the writers and it was like hey tell me about yourself da, da, da. I told my backstory like improv and comedy and production and stuff that's cool and then we're talking we're talking we're talking and it's like oh my god i was like what's up um we're having you know such a good time uh we have to end this interview i was like yeah sure no problem like how long was the interview supposed to be and it was like it was only supposed to be 10 minutes i was like oh well, how long has this interview been it's like you've been in here for 45 minutes oh like, oh dang okay is that good or bad no 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 it's good it's good you're you're definitely something we haven't had before so yeah 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 um we'll give you a call back uh uh you said you write do you have a packet or anything i said yeah yeah i actually Thank God, uh, <laughs> all those people who are aspiring writers always, always, always write a packet because you never know when you get that chance, the opportunity. I'm saying, you know, please do not, because I, I used to be that guy. I was like, whenever a deadline comes up, then I'll write a packet every three to six or whatever months. But no, I'm like dead serious to all the aspiring writers, like, like especially in comedy. Always, always, always set a deadline for yourself. Write a packet each month or, you know, uh, two packets every other month or something like that. But just always update and revise your packet. Uh, thank goodness I had that fresh packet because if not, I would have been using jokes from like talking about the Ebola virus from like two or three years ago. <laughs> okay, I got to update this. So, so good question I, here. I, uh, someone just asked, like, what is a packet? Like for someone oh, who's right, not familiar yeah, with it. Packet, is just an example of uh, just sketches that you think would fit for that show. So you would write a cold open, just a, a opening sketch at the top of every late night comedy show. Uh, you would write, write a, a mock monologue, which is you write a monologue uh, type jokes that would do on uh, Colbert, Fallon, Myers. But even though you're writing a mock monologue uh, for Colbert, for example, you still want it to be showing your voice. So it's like, yes, he's saying it, but these jokes are my voice. So it's the cold open monologue and then like two or three sketches that would do like for a desk segment, say like with uh, Jimmy Fallon's thank you notes, like you write like, hey, I wrote this funny segment, segment uh, that would be cool for Stephen Colbert. Uh, these 
three ideas, give an example, then give like two or three jokes. Don't write the whole script. Um, if you're doing like a, I guess a full packet, but you know, just give an example and then write maybe two or three of like it, that you think are the best sketches. We're just like, okay, this is why we should hire this person. Nice. So yeah, that seems like uh, in, in, in the boring world, making sure your resume is up to date, you know, and why yeah. your resume would apply to uh, this organization that you're interviewing for, but in a much more entertainment uh, yes. specific level. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you go through the interview, it's 45 minutes, you know, yeah. percentage wise. I mean, that's like 400%, you know, beyond <laughs> Justin, check the math on that. Is that, does that check out? Yes. <laughs> check <it> out. <laughs> yeah. Justin's our math guy. He does all the calculations. I'm a human calculator. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ask him anything right now. Ask him to divide yeah. something, and he'll do it for you. Uh, uh, 342 uh, divided by... 18. I already know what you're going to say, 18. <laughs> he's <laughs> also a prophet. He's also a prophet. Right. <laughs> that or C. Is always that. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens after the interview? Uh, the interview, um, they said, do you have a packet? I said, yes, I will email you as soon as I get back to North Carolina, because I didn't bring my laptop. It was just... Pretty much just bring your clothes, just look just look sharp and presentable for the interview. And then, like, as soon as I got back to North Carolina, emailed them uh, my packet, uh, like, that next day. And they looked over it, and it was like, cool. Uh, right now, we don't have any room on the writing staff, so we're not going to give you a writing spot. I said, that's fine. I wasn't asking for it. But we, what we will do is offer you a spot to be an apprentice in the apprentice program. I'll say, oh, snap. Okay. Yeah cool thank you she's like yeah it's because like you you bring you're bringing a lot to the table and it's something different because the previous apprentices or print die or uh, something or uh, whatever you want it to uh, be buddy it's right <laughs> yeah the previous apprentice partic- uh, participants or whatever um one person worked in npr and red radio so he's right now working in digital another person uh has like 80 thousand followers on instagram so they're like the social media uh, coordinator for the show how cool so every different apprentice person is bringing something one another person worked in research so she does all of the uh the jokes finding the the clips of whatever trump says so like if a writer says trump said something about easter and uh he was drinking water. And so that person in research has to look up those clips and find all that for that writer to write that joke and then put it in the monologue or wherever else. So I've always, I've always wondered how that happens, like how, yeah. how they pour over hours yeah. of footage from every outlet and everyone yeah. who has a press conference. And that, I, that just seems staggering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, research there, like every, everybody is definitely useful uh, on the show. And yeah, it's, it's amazing how each, each like department is, is so helpful to make a brand new show every day. It's insane from the research to the writers, to the production, all the stuff that happens behind the scenes, like setting up, okay, for this pre-recorded sketch. We need to get licensing to shoot it at this location. Uh, we need to shoot it between these hours. You need to contact these stores to let them know we're shooting and just be aware and monitor of, you know, your uh, people, like customers or whatever coming into your store because we're going to shoot at this location between these times. 
Uh, there's always like a production coordinator who's handling all that stuff. Me and digital handling all the clips to work on promos for people to watch, like viewers like you guys, uh, every night. So like everybody is doing something like the makeup department, uh, the tech crew. It's insane how much is done, uh, especially on a on a late night talk show like SNL. Not taking anything away from that show, they're amazing, uh, you know. But they're prepping; they have a whole week to prep. We do this all in one day and then start over again that next day. That's insane, man. Yeah. That sounds super exciting, but also based on my personality style, <laughs> sounds like my nightmare because every day is a fire you have to put out, but it's a cool yeah. fire. You know, it's like a fire. They're like, wow, that looks way prettier than your yeah. typical fire. And you'll know it'll be there again tomorrow. And I guess right. from a creative standpoint, it's almost like, hey, you know, how are we going to solve this puzzle? That's kind of the way I try to look at things now is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's a problem, especially if you get to do it in a creative setting. Like a lot of mm -hmm. what I do now is instructional design. So I design training. So I'm doing a lot of video work. I'm doing a lot of stuff like that. So I'm like, how do I creatively get this message across and not make it right. boring? So it is mm -hmm. kind of a fun challenge to see, like, what can I do to make that happen? But what you guys are doing, a <laughs> lot more, um, what's the word? A lot more at stakes, higher stakes, a um, yes. lot mm -hmm. more I mean, visibility. Because the thing is, you guys have you guys have the almighty advertiser to hold yourself up against that, that, that you have mm -hmm. to hold yourself accountable to. Speaking of advertisers, <sighs> Doug... We have an advertiser that we should pay some homage to right now. Oh, my gosh. I was like, that's such a great segue. Justin's also the king of segues. So I uh, just got a quick ad read I'm going to do here uh, yeah. for, for again, uh, another week in a row. It's Dating Confessions with Alicia and Jack. So, gang, guess what? We have uh, this amazing podcast, which we recommend. And essentially, you know, are you a little uh, immature looking for a raunchy podcast that explores the scandalous and straight up crazy dating and relationship stories? Well, look no further than Dating Confessions with Alicia and Jack. So each week, Alicia and Jack read the absolutely insane relationship stories submitted by listeners like uh, Two Good Hips. Uh, like a dull moment, like uh, water speech, you know, do you want to get some perspective on when you ask your date about getting kinky? You know, that's always a rough spot. When do you say, looking hey, at you two good hips looking at you, you know, how, how would you handle it if a lady asked you if she could put spaghetti in your dick hole? Huh? What, would you, hips. what would you say to that? What would you do if you notice bed bug bites on your date after having sex with them? Have you ever answered a voyeur ad for an orgy at a park only to find out it was just a bunch of seniors having that orgy? Well, guess what? This is the type of humanitarian work that Alicia and Jack are exploring in their hilarious podcast, Dating Confessions with Alicia and Jack. So do yourself a favor, give it a listen, because let's be honest here, hearing about the crazy shit that happens in other people's lives makes you feel better about your own, right? I know it makes me feel better. So check out Dating Confessions with Alicia and Jack on confessionspod.com as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's Dating Confessions with Alicia and Jack. Go give it a listen, you fucks. Now back to the podcast. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, you think uh, you guys want to promote that on your show? I'll let you. I'll let you do it if you want. <laughs> I'll let you do it. Uh, you know, you can take the copy. You don't have to change anything. I mean, I think it's pretty good as it is. 
Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take full credit of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, but do that on a TikTok and present it to Steven with ah. some music in the background. You got yourself, uh, I mean, uh, what do they call it? A, a golden record? Is that what they call those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. A golden that's TikTok? <laughs> that, that, that's what they call it. So what, I. Uh, go ahead, Justin. Uh-huh. No, I was going to ask with with the whole you know COVID nineteen and quarantine thing. Now everyone's working from home. Uh, yeah. I'm obviously everyone you know Fallon is doing the you know Tonight Show at Home edition. Colbert's doing it at home. Kimmel, all, everyone is has switched to that. What what has that? Can I, can you speak to what that's been like uh, for you, who's really new to that family? Like what is what has it been like to 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 have that your workday upended like that? Yeah, it was. It, it's been a very interesting uh, year so far working on a show from like, hey, living a dream. Like, all right, now you got to go home. <laughs> um, but I'm having nope. You got to go home. I'm like, uh, all right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's, it's ex- extremely different. It's very difficult because everybody is is uh, they're using their work laptops instead of like the expensive hardware systems that are in the office. So for example, like the editors and everybody has to depend on, on laptops. So imagine the, the nightmare the editors have to do every night, getting those big files from the interview, uh, the code open, the monologue, and then cutting that down and then praying that none of that shuts down or crashes and then hopefully make it, to send it to the CBS Broadcast Center Master Control by 11.30. Uh, last week, as I was telling Doug earlier, we made it to 11.21 p.m. And the show here. fuck <laughs> up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is – because, like, everybody's like, where's the show? Because, like, you know, everybody Where's has, the show? <laughs> everybody has their part. <laughs> What's Where's the show? It's like, is it just gonna be black? Or are they gonna show like, uh, like, beep, like a flat line? Or is like, what? What? Nobody knows. Like, everyone's like, everybody, calm down. Do we still own down. friends? Can we put friends on here just for a little bit? It's like Frazier. Can we get Frazier? Like, <laughs> you know, but oh man, it was. It was just like because everybody had to work so hard and so fast in terms of. Making sure everything was sent out. Uh, we promoted stuff, but we didn't get to do clips, obviously, of course, because of everything was so time sensitive. So it's like, hey, tune in tonight. We'll have you know Chance the Rapper. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very tough because nobody, everybody depends on a laptop, like a, like I was saying, and nobody can really, nobody can go out and get a, get fresh air and say like they can go to Barnes and Noble to edit stuff. They have to stay home and do everything. And it's we're everybody. It's a learning uh, experience for everybody. It's tough because you're dealing with people who's worked in television for like 20 plus years. Like the, all the people who work in audio and the tech crew, they know they have a routine. Now they have to do all this stuff on a laptop. And so it's nobody is like can teach them anything. Everybody has to learn fresh. Interesting. Uh, on their own. Yeah. So it's we're learning it. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, it, it may look easy when you see the, the final product, but it is. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. What's the comedy like in the midst of all this? Like, is it harder to find the comedy? Is it easy? Are you guys more concerned? Like you might yeah, be hitting some, some touch points or anything like that? Yeah, it's 
there's definitely concern because everybody's worried about when we can come back to New York. Most of the staff like went back to like their actual home home. And some people actually stayed in New York because they didn't want to, you know, uh, it harm their family if anything if they had if they have something as of right now nobody on the staff has anything mm-hmm. that's good but you that's know being being in new york is just like i don't know if i may have caught something and i don't want to give that to my grandmother you know or my aunt or anybody else in your family so um yeah it, the comedy is, is is definitely tough to come up with some jokes uh the best thing we could do is just talk about trump because <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna make a joke that you could always do that but that was actually your thing that's actually your answer <laughs> it's so easy i'm just like i don't want to say it but it's just like you, right. you gotta you gotta talk about it but we do think of other like uh stuff that we can do that uh we're trying to think of stuff right now for john uh batiste to do on the show where he's just uh scoring uh like chores, like around the house, like, you know, you're mopping or whatever. And you're <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. So we're working on like fun bits that could, you know, keep the viewers and everybody just sane of like, oh, okay, so they're experiencing the same thing that I'm going through too. Yeah. But we're just trying to make light of every situation. Right now on, uh, on all social media platforms, uh, one of the guys in the digital department came up with a indoor appreciation month. So, <laughs> Each day is a day of something. So I think today is uh, read. Tell us what book you're reading. So people would post that and put in, you know, the hashtag hashtag indoor appreciation month because we'll assume that it's just the month of April. Because if it, if it gets to May, it's just like, oh, geez, I'm, I don't know what to do. No, but no. yeah, we'll just assume it's just for the, the entire month of April. So we're always trying to come up with fun ideas for people to do because we want to keep people not uh, uh just just to focus on like there are better things uh lighter things to to focus on besides the serious stuff that's going on right now uh worldwide like hey you know it, it, things will get better you know we're all in this together mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely light at the end of the tunnel so just don't no stress yeah. This is one of the times where, like, you know, whether or not people are a fan of late night shows or 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 not or whatever, I've I've always been a fan of them. Um, but mm-hmm. I think now shows like this, the fact that you guys are still able to put the show on at home, I think it's it's such a, I think it's such a needed thing, and especially yeah. now in the digital age, whenever when you can consume it on YouTube the next day, if you can't stay up or if you're you know whatever, like it's it's a nice bit of respite from just everything that's happening in the news and and like it it's so it's such a necessary uh, such a necessary job, you know it it's it in an, in an, in and of its own way is kind of. Uh, um, um, like an emergency, like uh, you guys are, you guys are providing something that I think is necessary, which is a, a little bit of levity. Yeah, comedy you know? is needed for sure. Uh, yeah, through through all pain, uh, comedy is definitely needed for sure. Yeah, I agree. And you know, um, we want to make awesome. You know, we're respecting your time. You're a busy guy. You got a show to produce and everything like that. But uh, I haven't heard anything from the editors, so you're good right now. All right, cool. I suppose like I want to check in because you're an important yeah, guy. I'm, I'm, checking, I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking my <laughs> alerts right now, and like right now, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So I'm not worried. Yeah. If Amari just goes, see you guys, and closes his laptop, you'll know why. It's because yeah, he's got to yeah, make Amari's that TikTok. Just goes goes dark, then you know, like, oh, it was a fire drill. <laughs> um, but there was you. You had a really cool moment. 
um, <laughs> recently on the show where one of your ideas you pitched got produced and put on the show. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I pitched this idea. Um, the title of it of the sketch that I pitched is Black Future Mom. <laughs> and uh, how I pitched it was, you know, every Black history, we talk about the same facts and, you know, like, hey, remember Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, Malcolm X. I know we all grew up, you know, learning about that stuff. But I said, why don't we talk about the stuff that hasn't even happened yet? All the great achievements that's happened in Black Future. And let's make that a thing. And I was like, I, every 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 week uh, in the digital uh, uh, meetings, they said, all right, what ideas have you thought over the weekend? I've pitched a million. Okay, so yeah, that's another thing. So excuse me if I'm going all over the place because no, that's my ADHD. <laughs> um, uh, since I've worked there, I, I promise the producers that uh, my goal is to put out original content and I love like just pitching sketches and brainstorming and working with a lot of people. So like since I've been on the show and uh, when I started in September, uh, I pitched a lot of stuff like every week. Sometimes they're like, OK, yeah, there's OK. Sometimes it's like, oh, we like this. Let's shoot it. Let's let's air it. And it's gotten so close to making it to air. And it's like, hey, because of time, we're going to cut it. Uh, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> So welcome to show business, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there are definitely moments like that. And you just, yeah, just got to know your role because there's definitely a, a time where a couple of sketches got on where a writer who's been there like five years, even on the Colbert report against say like my sketch where I've only worked there for like three months. And I was like, well, Hey, I, I know. Hey man, Welcome to show business. You know, these things happen. Don't worry. You'll do it later on the road. Somebody else is just, I've earned this. And I was like, I'm not knocking anything towards you because everybody's had their hardships of like earning their stripes and cutting stuff. So I'm definitely, definitely learning a lot of stuff and you just can't take it to heart Mm -hmm. if your stuff gets cut. Yeah. Uh, I always have to remind myself, remember where you are Mm -hmm. and all the hard stuff and all the no's that you were told to get to where you are. So I'm very thankful for learning that much uh, from Second City and IO, just learning from your failure. What can I do from here? Yeah. You know, I didn't get this role. I wasn't casted in this. I didn't get this and that. I got cut from this team. Like, what? No, did I hit my peak in my career? Uh, just love your nose and just learn, uh, you know. You, you you can get um, comedically. I'm just saying, like for all the other stuff. Again, I'm, this is a weird room, uh, but uh, <laughs> embrace your nose uh, and just you can you can learn from that and say, okay, this didn't work. What can I do to revise this or think of something better that can get everybody on board? So to get to uh, cut back to Black Future Month, I pitched that in uh, January, and it was like, oh, this is cool. Who do you think that would uh, be perfect for this? I said, oh, in my mind, I'm like David Allen Greer because he lived at the time, like right across the street because he was doing Broadway, A Soldier Story. Perfect. Like David Allen Greer. Uh, I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe Jamie Foxx, Tommy. So, so basically, everybody that was on a living color. I said, oh, yeah, I, mean, I was like, 
Yeah, I was like, well, I was gonna say Eddie Murphy, but I don't know. Like, he's out in L.A. I mean, that'd be. I mean, if y'all can get Eddie, <laughs> that would. Oh man, that would be that'd be great. But uh, no, it is like we're no, we can't get Eddie. I said, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, David Alvarez is like right across the street. So if you can get him, that'd be great. Uh, so they got David. David, he said, oh, I like this. This is different. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm like, what? Okay. So <laughs> Cool. I was like, okay, all right. Uh, February is next week's guys, so uh, you want to get started on this stuff? <laughs> we'll get to it. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Hey guys, second week, February. Uh, you know, cool. We can get started on this stuff. We'll we'll get to it. You know, we got to retool or revise. We like the jokes that you have. We want to see if we can come up with better stuff. All right, cool. Yeah, man. Whatever. Next week, third week of February. It's all good, man. Just want to get it out before the month is over with. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like, all right, guys, it's the last week of February. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm giving up on stuff, but, you know, I'm very optimistic on this. Like, we got it. We're going to do it in March. And here's why we're going to do it in March, because we want to give respect to Black History Month, uh, first and foremost. And if we do it in March, you know, therefore, we won't get any angry viewers or comments or anything how dare you make fun of this stuff mm-hmm. so just to be on the safe side we're going to do it the first week of march i was like uh okay i guess that makes sense whatever i mean you all said yes and making it this far <laughs> whatever whatever you whatever you guys say pretty much sure enough that uh that first monday david allen greer came in and i was like oh my god this it, it's happening like whole like crap, this is happening. Okay, all right. So the he's reading the script and he's a super nice guy. He's like, Hey, what's up? He's like, This is this is funny. Um, you know, uh who did this? I was and uh in the room there's uh we had you know, like a diverse group of people, um and you know, the director who at the time for that for that sketch was white and he's like, Did you write all this stuff? Because David Allen just just checking. He's like, no, 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 no. Amari did. He said, oh, he did? Oh, okay. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. He was about to get into it because he, he's reading the sketches like, uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but I want to know who wrote it. I was, I was like, yeah, I wrote it. Oh, man. you. Oh, man. Hey, come here, man. You know, give me that. Oh, my when, God. Give me that with cool. Uh, for the social distancing and I don't know what we can do now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, David and Greer knocked it out of the park. Oh, my God. Uh, there was some stuff I can't say uh, that we can't air because, uh, yeah, he's such a good <laughs> I can only imagine. I was like, this is not making it on late night TV. <laughs> I can only imagine what was left on the cutting room like, floor. HBO or Showtime? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, this is definitely make it. or Comedy Central. Yeah, you know, it was like this is CBS and a lot. Uh, his his fan base is mostly like like thirty five to like forty nine and uh, liberals. So just like I was like I don't know, man. Like maybe <laughs> this was a different show. Like maybe the Daily Show. Then yeah, all this stuff would fly. But just like remember, it is the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. So like be happy with what you got, man. <laughs> oh man, these are so good. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it it was a great experience. I was so happy after that, and then like that next day, 
we saw the final like cut of it. And it was like, you got any ideas or anything else you want to ask? I said, no, man, this is this is it. This is exactly what I wanted. Shout out to the graphics department for doing everything. Uh, the director uh, for understanding my vision, because that's another thing working in comedy is, man, you don't get this sketch. You're crazy. He's like, <laughs> help, help me understand your idea. This is your baby. I love that. Right. Wow. So much. So uh, especially working in a fast paced uh, environment like that, you have to be keep it short, keep it simple and get straight to the point so they can understand your vision. Because if you're giving them a full paragraph, all right, so this point and at two o'clock, he's right here and he's eating the sandwich there. And it's like it's too much to get to the punchline. We're not doing it. Right. And then you'll see it on Fallon two weeks later. And it's like, oh, well. And that's the same thing he said. You didn't explain it like that. You yeah. said he was doing all this stuff. So again, yeah, so this is where uh-huh. I would be terrible is in this job because I cannot communicate my ideas very effectively <laughs> at all. Oh God. You don't know how many times I'll be in a pitch meeting. So like he, um, so like, all right, you know what? Never mind. This may be <laughs> right here. So let's skip that idea. Um, have you guys when, watched this YouTube series? You're going to need to watch it to get the backstory of the universe for which I'm working in, and then you'll probably get the joke. Right. So come back to me after you've binged this Netflix series. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I, mm-hmm. No, I was going to ask, like, what's like to, to the point that you said, like, you know, if, if you don't get it out there, then you'll see it on like Fallon or, or on Kimmel or something like the next, you know, the next night or the next week. Like, how, 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 how often does that? happen where like either because i have to assume like the writing community at that echelon at that level is so tight-knit that ideas get leaked or passed around and like is it is it is it pretty common to see something that someone like mentions and it gets passed like immediately gets snatched up by another show because they got caught wind of it or something or that could happen um i pitched an idea that was kind of similar to uh jimmy fallon's like classroom instruments okay and I was like, oh, we could do that, like, but like in a green room and have like a like a late night like talk show type thing. And then it's like, yeah, that's we could do that. But you're saying like having like a house band, having the instruments, that's kind of like Fallon. So we don't want to get in trouble of doing that. I was like, all right, okay. that, that makes sense. So like there are a lot of stuff I did. I was thinking and I should have pitched it like it's that's another thing is if you have an idea, be confident about it and just shoot it out if they don't like it. They don't like it. At least there's a paper trail that it was out there. Right. I was thinking of uh, pitching something for Samuel o- L. Jackson to do. Oh, uh, tell like, me people, more. Like he's he made a new children's book and it's called Get the F Back in the House. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Oh, I was telling my wife, I was like, should I pitch? She's like, no, Samuel Jackson. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, all right, okay, I won't do it. Cut to that next morning, Jimmy Kimmel had Samuel Jackson. I said, mother. (laughs) 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 No, why? I mean, even if I did pitch it, it would have been too late because Kimmel already had it like that night. Yeah. They had it packaged, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's already, that's something I learned too is like pitch it when you got it. Um, even if it fails or not, and I've, I've gained a lot of confidence. Uh, another example is, uh, LL Cool J was the host of a lip sync battle. 
and uh, LL Cool J, you know, loves licking his lips a lot. And I pitched this idea. I was like, why don't you do chat lip sync battle? And it was like, that's cool. But I don't know how. I was like, all right, that's fine. That's fine. That's stupid. I know. Yeah. So, like. But the point is you got it out there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You threw it out because, like. Again, what is that? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So, like, exactly. just put, throw it out, and if it if it gets passed, it gets passed. But if you don't throw it out, you'll never know. And at the exactly. very least, you could you could play around with it. You know, it's like you throw that yeah. out there. It's like go back and forth. It's like, is there anything there? No, I don't think so. But if there is, it's like cool. There's a nugget there. Let's see what we can do with it. If there's nothing, it's like whatever, man. They're not all going to be gems. I know that. Yeah. So that, but yeah, to have the confidence to be like, hey, whoof, chat lip back. No, if a right. What do you think? <laughs> Did it freeze? Yeah. I see it. it. Oh, you're back now. Okay. You did freeze for a minute, but yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, well, so look, we, I know you are, uh, again, I, I, I'm getting nervous that you're now we're getting into like the, the zero hour where like things are going to be nervous, uh, coming down the pike. So I want to throw one more question from our yeah. Twitch feed out there before we start to wrap things up. And they said that, uh, other than a consistently updated packet, what is your advice to someone looking to get onto a show like Colbert? What what else can people do? Is it networking? Is it uh, you know what 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 could you say? Um, networking is definitely uh, the key. You want to make sure that you're very friendly with everybody. So like if you're when everything gets back to normal and people are taking improv classes or like in the stand up community, make friends with people. Uh, go out there. You know, start start a friendship. Like, hey, I got this sketch idea. Do you want to work on uh, creating a sketch packet, or let's do a sketch show together? Just like what you know, Doug and I. We met at SMS. Love, you know, comedy. And I found out he did improv. I was like, we got to do a show together. So like, it's really you know, networking, meeting people, making friends. Uh, try try to be nice. I know, and you know, especially in the entertainment industry, everybody is like. Crucial is doggy dog, but it's also very uh, a small world. You won't believe who knows who and how that could mess you up in your career. So uh, networking, uh, always update and revise your sketch comedy packet. Uh, try to push yourself, like I said, when things get normal again, to go out to improv jams, go to stand-up open mics, Promote yourself, promote your, promote yourself, you know, believe in yourself. I know there are days where it, it gets rough. It, I mean, like in North Carolina, it got rough for me because like there's really where I live, there's really not much comedy out here. I would have to drive to Raleigh, which is oof, about like two, two and a half hours oof. away, pay for an open mic hope to get on and then drive two and a half hours back. That's so, rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was living in San Diego, so there's plenty of stuff out in San Diego, like the Comedy Store. Uh, and I can also drive up to L.A. And then being in Chicago, which, in my opinion, is the mecca of comedy, you could just – there's theaters close, so you can you can do that. But, like, if you're in New York, uh, Chicago, or any other place, just, yeah, man, just make friends, keep working on your grind, and, you know, you'll get there. I know times will be tough where you just – hit a, you know, hit a wall. Like, I can't think of anything else. It's okay to take a break, get back to it. You know, don't stress things will, things will happen. You know, uh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll definitely happen. Uh, and also it's, it's who, you know, even though the writer uh, who, uh, said 
you know, uh, the writer who, like he said, he didn't help me. Uh, I don't know if he did or did not. Uh, he's no longer writing on the show. He's uh, writing for uh, James Gordon now out in L.A. So, uh, you know, you know it, it really depends on, like, you know, like who you know. That's, yeah. that's another, like, helpful, helpful tip. It's, and I, I learned that in school as well. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It's, it, sucks, it's, it's it can be good or bad in that regard, you know? Yeah. It's because of actually one of the people on Twitch that I was able to get out of a shitty job that I was in. He basically mm-hmm. pulled me out of there and got me where, uh, well, you know, uh, on a better trajectory. So, yeah, it helps to know people. So I, I can agree with that. And I'm not even in the entertainment industry. Or am I since we're on Twitch? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Doug, you are on a whole new trajectory. You didn't even know was coming. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> That's my response to that. A guttural noise. <laughs> uh, the show will be done in about five minutes, editing-wise, and then we'll get everything. Did you guys have any questions or anybody else on Twitter? Oh, we've got um, we've I've got one more question for you. One big question that should take us about five minutes. Justin, uh, would you like to do the honors? Uh, it's a throwdown! So, Omar, you may not be familiar with the show. It's okay. So we usually end our show with a throwdown between two things. Two things okay. enter, one thing leaves. In the past, things like Hulk versus Superman. Or it could be like a verbal debate between Groot and Hodor. Who knows? Um, so we we know you are a very particular fan of a franchise known as Ghostbusters. So specifically for you, we picked something special. Justin, what do we have in store for Omari tonight? Well, today, the two uh, entities, if you will, entering the throwdown arena are, are going to be Gozer the Gozerian okay. versus Vigo the Carpathian. So, if these uh, two things were to enter a death match, a throwdown of sorts, who would win and why? I will defer to you, Almari, because it's been a while since uh, I, I don't know all the aspects of them, but we can debate them. So I watched a shitload of clips today. <laughs> <laughs> Justin does his homework. Let's see, man. Um, Vigo re- re- relies on slime. I know that much. Right. That makes people sad. He also sat upon a throne of blood, according to himself. He was a very, very evil wizard. <laughs> Dude, when you say it, it makes it seem so nerdy. It makes it seem like a sh- I, I should be ashamed for liking this. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> he said he was an evil wizard. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of Vigo the Carpathian, but he was an evil wizard and sat upon a throne of blood. <laughs> Go, let's see. Uh, Vigo, I say his main goal was just kind of like Thanos, just make everything uh, evil and he would re- reincarnate himself. And reincarnate himself and right. just because he tried to put himself into that baby. He was a baby. Right. Girl. Well he had the, he had his person bring that baby so he could live again and he said like the reign of evil starts now. Mm-hmm. Right. So his goal is just to cause havoc and just that would be his peace. As for Gozer, she would bring all types of like death, like zombies and all the other stuff. So it would turn into a whole world of like the walking dead. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm trying to d- decide, like, what's more, like, dangerous. Well, it's uh, well also because Gozer also allows you to choose the way in which you're going to die. So exactly. I would say she has the capability of summoning your deepest, darkest, or really whatever you want. She has right. a, a power to make that happen. Whereas right. Vigo's like, I'm in a painting, and right. uh, I need to get out I'm of this painting. painting. 
And mm. uh, that's really all we see him do other than shoot, like, bolts of lightning at people and kind of possess them a little bit and influence mm. them. But I don't mm. really know what he's capable of either. Well, he makes he makes the, the Ghostbusters writhe at the end. He, like, he, he throws uh, some sort of, like, energy blast at them and, like, paralyzes them and makes them, in, like, extrude. So he's got uh, he's got those powers. But Ghostbusters is a devilish. Oh, go ahead. What? No, I was going to say, Gozer's a demigod, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Gozer's definitely a demigod. So, like, there's a demigod over, like, Vigo. Uh, Vigo, he can also transform into another body, because remember, he transformed into Ray for the movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it would definitely, Gozer would uh, would definitely leave the room, because Gozer, whatever it wants to be, is definitely a badass and could definitely cause havoc doing whatever she wanted to do again going off of what doug was saying was you choose your death and she gets a thrill it gets a thrill out of like killing people that was that that main person's goal yeah i think those like fucked up dogs that scared me as a kid (laughs) i did not like you know the key master and the gatekeeper (laughs) did not like those uh a dull moment on twitch says vigo has a stupid accent too if that matters uh (laughs) so i think uh, going off what justin said which is a pretty determining factor is that vigo was a mortal who became Mm -hmm. a wizard who dabbled in some magic whereas uh G- Gonzo, Gorzo, Zorro was. Uh, I think Gozier is, is is its uh, musician name. Is uh, <laughs> is a demigod. So I feel yeah. like just what what they have access to, just naturally, is way more devastating than anything. V uh, Vigo, whatever his name. Is. I don't know why their names are. Whatever. Fuck him. Uh, I, I, I vote no, for. May uh, come back going off of Ghostbusters Afterlife because there were definitely lots of. Uh, like Easter eggs that were in the Afterlife trailer. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm very sad and heartbroken that it got postponed. But on the upside, it's coming out on my birthday next year. There you go. So, uh, so uh, quick detour. You're feeling good about it? You feeling good about that movie? I'm going to be biased. I feel good anything Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, uh, answered the call. I mean, it. you know, I didn't not like it. <laughs> Put that, put that like on a tweet, on a poster. I did not like it. I don't understand the grammar uh, crossouts that happened there. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it was. I was like, you know, this is what this I, is what we're getting. I give it, I give it stars. <laughs> it's like someone gives you a plate of food, and you're like, well, I mean, I'm gonna eat it. It's porridge. It's it's so. it's food. And right. um, I didn't ask for this, but they gave it to me, and they made it, so I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, just you know, it got made. So uh, Afterlife is, I mean, they got the original people that's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in it, and it's back to the original universe. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was so kind of upset with uh, Answer the Call, yeah. because alternate universe. And it was like, no, we're not the Ghostbusters. We're something else. I was like, wait, but you're using the same setup and everything. But you oh, okay? All right, be happy. Be happy, man. We got another <laughs> Ghostbusters movie. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But back to the throwdown. I vote for Gozer. Anyone else? Sure. Yeah. Gozer. Gozer. Gozer the Gogarian for the win. All right, buddy. Gozerian, not Gogarian. Sorry, Gogarian. I know you got to get going, Omari. So really, what we want to do at this point is we roll out the carpet for you, for you to plug anything that you got going on. If you have any recommendations, if you want people to follow you on social media, the floor is yours, sir. Is Is there any TV shows you think people should watch? Yeah, I know. Is there anything? I don't know. Uh. 
Uh, right now, I have a three-year-old, and she's taken over the TV. <laughs> so I'm watching nothing but Disney Plus stuff. I had to tell my daughter that Elsa and Anna have corona. Oh, no. Dude, much food. respect. I have so much so respect much. for you right now. That is amazing. <laughs> I was like, they're so sick right now. They, I, We can't watch this over and over again. Um, I know people are saying Tiger King. I haven't seen it yet. Neither I will. There's plenty of time to see it. So <laughs> if anybody, you haven't, I, there's so much time to see it. So uh, I, I put Tiger King up there. Uh, other new shows that are out, uh, I don't know, but the current stuff that I'm watching now is just like I like reliving like my childhood movies. Like on Disney Plus, there's Heavyweights, there's Blank Check. Mm-hmm. I saw on Amazon Prime there's Little Giants. So <laughs> basically all like '90s kids movies. And then you look like, oh man, you can't say that today. That's <laughs> so true. It's so or true. Like, hey, that's not right. Well, I mean, if you go back to Ghostbusters, I mean, uh, Ray I, I has know, a dream. I know, I know where you're going. Yep, yep. I know where you're going. I bring this up all the time. I mean, he, he dreams he gets a blowjob from a ghost. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like. Yeah, uh, when, when he I didn't, he didn't dream like, anything. <laughs> when I went back as a don't watch it, I was like, what? How? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. whatever. That's fine. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, you know, is there is there any other show that maybe comes on? Uh, late night or something like eleven thirty at night, something like that. Oh, oh my god, god, yeah, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I was thinking personally for me, I was like, yeah. I mean, I watch the show so much throughout the day. It's just like I've already seen it like three or four times. It's just like okay, it's so amusing to me. Right. So yeah, you're, you forget some people are like, oh, this is the first time they've seen the show. <laughs> you're like, I know like, the ins and outs. Like, oh my god, you didn't tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Are you on the show? And I was like, oh, oh, that's right. You haven't seen it yet. It was like, I've seen the rehearsal of doing the joke over and over again. But, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on a show. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, Omari, thank you so much for your time, man. Thank this you is guys. amazing. Uh, You're the best. I had an amazing time. Thank you guys for having me. Nice yeah, to dude. meet you, Justin. Very yeah, nice I'd... to meet you. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, please. Please hit me up. Uh, I could. We could definitely chat again uh, oh, towards yeah. the end of this period whenever everybody goes back to work and when i go back to work don't hesitate to hit me up again oh you're on the list my friend the good list okay, yeah. we'll be talking really again soon for Hopefully, sure you know i answered everybody's questions and you get you guys had a good time that was fantastic man this is great man well good luck editing tonight you go thanks. be awesome and thanks for all your insight man this is great the show is done and they're sending the file now so yeah perfect perfect timing, timing. <laughs> All right, pal. Well, you take it easy, and we'll talk soon. Cool, cool. Thank you. All right, see you, man. See you, guys. All right. So we're still on because we we still have stuff to do. Don't worry. We're not done yet, guys, because we still have to do our recommendations. We're just respectful of our guest's time. Uh, Real quick, by the way, I figured out early on uh, how to rectify the the situation of uh, cameras. Or how to or, so you, how we had two bubbles. All you had to do is drag one of those bubbles down in the center, and it would have automatically split screened it. Why? Why wasn't that anywhere where I searched? Huh? Huh? Why wasn't that know. anywhere where I searched? Anyway, I didn't find it. I didn't find it searching though. I found it. I just started clicking around my screen. Anyway, Justin, what do you have to recommend this week? 
Well, Skype is an immaculate uh, piece of software that's very easy to use. It's so intuitive. Uh, I, uh, I'll say watch uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, uh, CBS, uh, 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central. Um, I'll watch any of the late night shows. They're all doing some great work from home now, and it's 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 a it's a, a very a, a lot of lightheartedness that I think uh, does does a lot of good. So um, also, I don't, uh, sometime soon, uh, Fallon just uh, unveiled this with with Lady Gaga. She's doing something with um, oh god, what's the uh, what's the um, everyone's been doing the the Instagram live concerts with right. this one uh, uh, corporate or this one company, this one NPO. Um, I cannot remember what it's what it's called now. But basically, Microsoft. Put- False. So <laughs> she's putting on uh, Lady The parent Gaga, company of uh, Skype. Jimmy Fallon, uh, Stephen Colbert. Let me just see here. What is it? Uh, uh. One World One World Together at Home is what it's called. And it's gonna be happening soon. I don't remember when. But uh Fallon, Colbert, and Kimmel are going to host it, and they're going to have a bunch of live music acts. And it's—they've already raised thirty-five million dollars for this uh, awesome. for this fundraiser. Um, it, it's got a lot, so that's coming up. Keep your eyes out for that because that kind of stuff. I, I think we need to promote more of that. Um, Beth and I watched Rocket Man, and uh, I was shocked at how much I liked it. I thought you said I, I, I was shocked how much I hated it. I'm glad you liked right, it. Right? No, I was. Uh, no, uh, it was good. It was really, it's a musical, but it does not feel, um, you know, show tuny musical ass because it's all Elton John songs. So well, I thought they did a really that. good job. Um, Taron Edgerton, fucking Love that guy. amazing. That I mean, he's just, best. he's a killer. And he sang all of the songs uh, in the thing, and it, it fucking, he's amazing. So he's I would say go voice. watch that uh, if, you, if you're looking for just kind of a pick me up. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, for all my 40K nerds out there, and Justin, this one applies to you. I don't know on the if you remember, a couple months ago, I showed you a fan-made web series involving Warhammer 40K. It was animated, and I showed you the first four parts. Yes. And you were like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. Well, I'm the, into it. The fifth part got released last week. It's called Astartes. It's on uh, YouTube. It's spelled A-S-T-A-R-T-E-S. Um, little backstory. This guy is making amazing, amazing fan-made animated videos based on the Warhammer 40K universe. It's phenomenal. He does it all himself. Animation, sound design, the whole thing. His account on YouTube got hacked. Lost all of his videos and through the help of people like Markiplier and others on YouTube, got his account back, got his stuff back, and he just recently released the fifth and final part of the series. And it is amazeballs. Go That's to awesome. YouTube, Astartes, A-S-T-A-R-T-E-S. Just Google that. Watch all five parts. You'll be blown away. You may not understand what's going on in the universe, <laughs> but you can fucking appreciate that this is badass. It's amazing. I've watched oh, it yeah. a bazillion times. And everyone's just like, hire this guy. Give him a couple million dollars. Have him make something. It's beautiful. Go check that out, and we'll talk about it later. It'll be amazing. Love it. All right, gang. That being said, quick plug here. 
Go, if you're on Twitch, thank you. Uh, follow us. Please follow us on Twitch. We're doing a lot more stuff. We're inching closer to becoming a part of the affiliate program, and part of that contingency is that we get some followers. So we're doing pretty good. We could use a few more. So please follow us on Twitch. Not only do we do our, we do a live stream for when we record our videos in which you can ask questions like you did today uh, to Omari, but also we do video game streams, as someone so pleasantly called them, the Corona uh, streams. <laughs> The Corona Knights and uh, the Corona, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, uh, everyone's quarantined, so we're playing games on Saturdays. And we've been doing it uh, the last three weeks. We're going to keep doing them. There's so much fun. We have a lot of Mind Gap All-Stars that come on and play with us. We have a, a blast. I take snippets of it, and I post them throughout the week. So please come hang with, out with us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast, and mean the world to us. We love hanging out with you. Uh, some of our favorite uh, fans, Etoy07, who's on here a lot, he's been playing the games with us. We pick stuff that you guys can play along with. It's so much fun. Come join us. And also, don't forget to find us on all of our social medias, at MindGap Podcast. Go to our YouTube page. We've got plenty of videos there. We're going to keep you entertained. We're going to be with you through all this. So come follow us. Come hang out. We're going to have a good time. And you can also follow Justin in certain places that he's going to tell you right now. That's true. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It is the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the all-man realm, check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher. Spotify. And Google Podcasts, where you can find <laughs> and consume the old casts of pods. And then you can subscribe to us, share us, rate us, review us, all those things. The big one for us is sharing. If you hear something you like, if you really like this episode, you have someone else who's you know into comedy writing and they're like, oh, there's some good uh, information in this episode, just share it to them or, or to a couple people and hopefully they'll share it around and then we grow and we can do cooler things. Uh, and then uh, 2east8th.com slash mindgap and 2east8th.com in general. Uh, we are updating our website actually. Uh, for the first time in like three years, maybe. And uh, we have some really cool stuff that we are planning. Um, and we're going to make some announcements on there and our social medias. So keep an eye on that. And um, yeah, hopefully just with MindGap too, we're going to be having with this, it allows us for more guests like Omari. Yes. So we never could have had him in house. You know, there's some other guests that we're going to go after bigger guests now because what 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 the hell else is everyone doing? So right. uh, hopefully we're going to have some really cool content coming up for you guys. Yes, we're super excited. We're having a blast. We love – right now it's, it's, it's a hard time for everybody, but honestly I'm having a great time connecting with people. And yeah. this is my creative outlet. Um, we love being here and giving you guys something to listen to and chat about and, and participate. It, it really – honestly, it makes my day. I don't want to speak for Justin. I can guess that it's pretty cool for him too. So yeah, it's cool. It's all right. Thank you guys so much for everything. We appreciate it. And with that being said – Twitch, thank you. Wait, oh, you started with Twitch this time. Listeners, thank you. Justin, uh, I want—I save the best for last. Justin, thank you. And I save the best for last. Doug, thank you. <laughs> and you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.